go to John chapter 2 and verse number 1. We're going to read verse 1 to 11. This is a familiar story. We're going to pick some things out of here today. John chapter 2. Okay. John chapter 2 and and verse 1. It says, On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Who? And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he tells you, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned to wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though though the servants who had drawn the water knew. He called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. Thus he revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. Praise the Lord. Thus he revealed his glory. And his disciples put their faith in, in him. Um, I think this is a familiar story, but I just want to emphasize the verses 3 to 5, the events that took place. Number one, what we see is that they ran out of wine. Number two, because they ran out of wine, Mary, on whose day we happen to be celebrating today, runs to Jesus and tells him they have run out of wine. Jesus says to Mary, why woman? He calls her woman, by the way, not mother. I would like to see what happens the day I call my (laughs) (laughs) Woman, why do you bother me? My time has not yet come. There is a time, but now is not the time. And this is the thing that I found amazing. Mary, Mother Mary, unfazed by this refusal, by this deferral of her request, keeps the conversation going and turns to the servants and tells them, whatever he tells you to do, do it with expectation. The idea is that normally when you come to Jesus with a request... You expect some kind of answer. You go in the faith that he will understand the need and respond with some kind of, send his word, wave his hand, or perform some kind of miracle. But Jesus actually refuses her request and tells her, my time is not now. In other words, no. And Mary continues. Thank God for Mary continues as if everything is fine and turns and tells everybody, now get ready. On what evidence? You don't even have an answer. 
In fact, your answer was refused. It's like, you know, when you go and ask for a visa at the embassy. Come on, somebody. You don't get a refusal and then go make plans packing your suitcase. But Mary takes it up another level and starts preparing for an answer she does not have. You know, last week, uh, if you were here, G uh, Saleh was teaching us about um, trust. And, and if you remember Psalm 91, uh, David was saying, uh, talking about how much he trusts in God. My God, my rock, my refuge, my fortress, in him will I trust. That's what he says. But God did not hear trust because God's love language is trust. So God is not hearing trust, he's hearing love. And, and God goes on and says in the same passage, Because he loves me, I will rescue him. I will deliver him, for he acknowledges my name. When did you acknowledge my name? When did he say, I love you? He didn't even say, I love you. He said, no, I trust in you. When we trust God, he hears love. Amen? Amen? And so what I saw is that this story right here, it's a, it's a good case study for what love of God looks like, or what trust in God looks like. Amen? And so I want to just open this up a little bit and see what, what the Lord has for us. But I feel the Lord has an assignment for today. Father, teach us how to love you. And we acknowledge that unless you teach us, we really don't know. And I pray, Father, that you would just build a trust in our hearts for, to know who we are dealing with. And Father, that we would be changed. I pray we would live different from the way that we came in. I pray you speak and send your word. I acknowledge that if you don't help us, we cannot do anything. But if you are here, and if you are with us, anything can happen. We bless your name. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Um, we are trained in the church to wait for a word from the Lord. We are taught that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If God does not speak, don't move because you need a word from the Lord. Amen? But this is a, a different case altogether. Because Mary did not have a word from the Lord. Which tells me that when Mary came to Jesus, the goal of her coming to Jesus was not to get a word from Him. And I think what the goal of Mary was, was just to make Him aware. Just to bring him into the knowledge of the fact that there is a need now. If he knows that there is a need, that's good enough for me. Whether I have a word or not. This is another level kind of stuff. I know that's not good English, but it's okay. Eh? That's another, tell your neighbor that's another level kind of stuff. Because even God himself, he appreciates faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. In fact, if you go to Matthew chapter 8, you will remember the story of the Roman centurion who came to Jesus and he said, my servant is sick. And Jesus said, I will go and heal him. And, and the, the, the Roman centurion says, no, 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 don't come. I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes. I tell that one come and he comes. So don't come, just send your word. And I know that my servant will be healed. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And it's difficult to amaze Jesus. All right? I mean, he is the amazing. 
to amaze the amazing. That, that's, I mean, take notes right there. You understand? But he was amazed and he says, I have not found such faith in all Israel. Hmm? Now, that's impressive, but that means if that's impressive, what do you call this? Because Mary did not have a word. She actually got a no. My time has not yet come. But Mary, hearing that my time has not yet come, said, that's okay, as long as you know about it. I'll start preparing anyway. Because my goal was not to get a word. My goal was to make you aware. Why? Because I know who I am dealing with here. If you really know who you are dealing with, if you know who it is that has the awareness now, you can develop this thing comes from called, called trust. Yeah. I was thinking about this. This is amazing all by itself. For me, I teach, get a word. And when God speaks, move. But what Mary teaches us is if that God is with you, and if God knows, you can start preparing your suitcase because you are going somewhere. Hallelujah. That's the lesson we see with the story of Mary on Mary's day. And I thought about this, and you know what I realized? This doesn't come natural. This, this is not our natural response. Even as children of God, it's not our natural response. But I think what I'm seeing here is that <clears throat> uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This is more than faith. This is trust. And trust comes from history. If you have some history with God, it changes how it, you face your today. Because you know who you're dealing with now. And my word to you today, and I feel that this was a word for somebody, is that even if you don't have a word from God, and you've come to Him seeking a word, the word for you today is that He knows. And if He knows, you already have everything you need to face this challenge. Because your God is faithful and He has some history with you. And just like He brought you out every time, He will bring you out today as well. Amen. Hallelujah. More than a word, your history, it builds your confidence in the nature and character of who is with you. That's what Mary had. And I said, well, where, where did Mary get this history? How can you develop a faith, a trust, a confidence in God, even though it seems like He's refusing you? And I think it comes from Mary's unique history. It's not a public history. Mary's history is a very private history. What I mean is, is that you know the story that Mary became the mother of our Lord. She was the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 9. When you remember the story, the angel Gabriel came to her. And he said to her, Hail Mary, blessed art thou among women. That's the King James. Hmm? That's when it's serious. Angels only speak in King James. <laughs> blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the child that you shall conceive. And he told her all the promise that, he, that, that you, will, you will begin. And she, Mary said, well, how, how can this be? The power of God will come upon you. And the spirit of the Most High shall overshadow you. So that the child that is born to you will be called the Son of God. Hmm. That, that baby was the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 9. Which says, the virgin shall be with child. 
And he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. We're in December now. Come on, somebody. Everlasting Father. Amen? So Mary conceived without the help of a man. The Holy Spirit conceived her with a child and the child was born. So this is what I think helped cultivate Mary's history with God. You see, because everybody else knew Jesus, but only Mary really knew where this baby came from. Other people probably did the math and did the calculation and, you know, I mean, we know Joseph was, but, you know, whatever. You know, she carried this stigma her whole life. Even maybe Joseph was still a little bit, even though, you know. Are you following what I'm saying? Only Mary really knew the story behind this baby. She was the only one. And even as a mother, you, you're the only one who really knows. I try to tell people my experience with giving birth to babies and all that and what I went through. Nobody really understands my pain. But nobody knows like she knows. Ladies. All right. Men, you're with me. Men. Hmm? Um, but that means that when Jesus was growing up and playing with the kids in the neighborhood, everybody saw Jesus. But Mary saw a wonderful counselor. You see what I'm saying? She didn't see him like every because this is a miracle baby. Everyone saw just another kid playing. Mary saw miracle, glory. Something is on this child. When they sent their kids to school and Jesus went and sat on the third row in the rabbi seminary, wherever they go to school, I don't know. Everybody was saying, roll call, you know, James, Philip, whatever, Jesus, here. Mary didn't hear Jesus. She's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. She, she knew something because she had some history. And now Jesus is grown up and now there's a problem. They've run out of wine at the wedding. Now, mind you, it's not that big a problem. I mean, even if the people drink water, just drink water and go home. There are more serious problems in the world. But I think it shows that how God is concerned for the big and the small. You see, if you run out of wine as master of ceremonies at the wedding, you'll, your reputation will be a little bit tainted for the rest of the week. You understand what I'm saying? And Jesus concerns himself with this poor man's reputation. I thought that's, a, I mean, of all the things to display your glory. I mean, he did go on to raise the dead. That's another problem, I think. <laughs> okay, told. But Jesus, she comes to Jesus not based on a word from him, but she went on the confidence of the history she has with him. On the confidence that this is a job for super Jesus. And even if Jesus says no, the fact that he knows about it is good enough. Because I am not dealing with another child here. I am dealing with wonderful counselor. I am dealing with mighty God, everlasting father. The one I saw the miracle in my past and it's giving me confidence for today. And the message that I have for the Lord from somebody is that if you have any history with Jesus... Any kind of testimony of what God has done for you. You know it's a testimony because it's something that only you really know. Sometimes even someone next to you in the church today doesn't really understand what the Lord has really done for you. 
how he visited you, how he helped you, how he spoke to you. Hallelujah. And what you need to do today is go back to your files and pull out the file of how he helped you that day. Because that God that helped you then is also the same God that is with you right now. And that God who helped you then, he also knows about what you're going through right now. And if he knows, know that the one who knows is also faithful. The one who knows can also take you across. If he delivered you before, it's not to damage you today. It's to take you on further to the Jordan, to your promised land, to fulfill everything he said about you. I have some history myself. You all don't know my history. It's my history. But since I have the mic today, I felt a little bit of unction to share with the church what God has done for me. You don't have the mic today. I do. See, I remember there was a time when things were not going well for me. Everything was falling apart. It's dark around here. It's, it's just difficult. And I remember I was watching the TV and the preacher said, your problem is that you, you are, you're coming into the presence of God with your problems, with your prayer request, with your grocery list asking God to help you with this, this. He said, that's not the way you come into the presence of God. The protocol for entering the presence of God is Psalm 100. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That was a word of, that was that God was speaking to me. Because everything I touched was falling apart. And it's one of those things where I was complaining to God. One of those things was, I chose to serve you and say yes to the call of God on my life. And look at me now. You know one of those? You don't know one of those. Okay, well that's what I was saying. I went to the bathroom, I closed the door and I put my drama here. And I began to, just like Psalm 100 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And as I did that, I felt the wind of God. It's like physical wind on my face. And I felt the glory of God come in there. You know, Paul says, I knew a man who one time went into the third heaven, whether in spirit or in body, I don't know. You remember that verse? I think I know what he was talking about. Because I went somewhere that day. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And for the next two months, every day, I would just come, close the door, and the glory of God. Just visit me like a, like a wind. It's like he was waiting for me to get there. Praise the Lord. Now, that was just a season, you know? But after that, everything turned upside down. Oh, everything that was going down, it stood right back up again. Because, because that visitation was so powerful. That's, my, that's file number 177, row F, column Q on my Excel sheet. Hallelujah. Volume number 13. Amen? I have some history with Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying? It seems like a long time ago, but it's bona fide, verified history that I know. And what I know about him is that that same God has not left me today. Hallelujah. And the fact that he is with me is all that I need. And he knows. Amen? Hallelujah. I know I've said this every time. Every, I know you all get sick of me saying this, but I'm going to say it again because this is file number seven, group number 35F, column G. This one is a very special one for me. Uh, you know, when I was youth pastor in America, we didn't have a car. We had a baby, and it's winter time in America. You need a car in America. I know it sounds funny here because now you have every... At that time, there's no Uber, there's no ride, there's no... Tic- Talk, they ride, whatever they have, every, everything. No, no, no. That, those days it was, it was different. So I would preach faith to the youth. Come on, somebody. And then after I got down from the stage, I asked for rides. Which way are you going? 
of my own youth. If it was the adults, it's okay. This is youth. My wife used to work at Starbucks. My wife put me through ministry working at Starbucks. But I remember she has to go early shift, four in the morning. So the youth actually used to take turns, take shifts, coming to drop my wife off for work because daddy didn't have a car. One day I got up, I said, Zaraf. And I felt in my heart that this is not right car. I didn't necessarily have a word for the car. God did not come like the angel Gabriel and say, my son, I will bless you with a car. Nothing like that. I just felt, you know, car. And, and I went to the kitchen and I pulled out a plate. Sahan. And I began to drive around the house with my plate. Hallelujah. I have some history with Jesus. You see what I'm saying? I have some history. Then I stopped because I got to the red light. <laughs> and it's dangerous to cross at the red light. You know, you could hurt somebody. You could get an accident. Amen? You know, faith is being sure of what you do not see. Red light. And I went and drove. And then, you know, my wife saw me there. She's an eyewitness. I went and I parked the plate back in the, the kitchen. And then I walked out of the house. I had some things to do. And I went on the super number 11 bus. You know the number 11 bus? You all haven't heard of the number 11 bus. Number 11 bus is this sort of, one one is 11. <laughs> and I went and I came back in the afternoon. When I came back in the afternoon, my wife was looking at me like this. As she always does. It's the glory, you understand. And, and what had happened when I, when I left is that Ainalem, a lady from our church, called our home and asked, is this pastor's house? Yes, yes, yes. I have a question. The Lord is just bothering me with this. I just have to ask, do you guys need a car? And my wife said, my wife who witnessed me driving like that. <laughs> I told you I have some history with Jesus. She said, yes. And she said, Hallelujah. I knew God was speaking to me. I'm bringing a car for you this afternoon. Come on, somebody. So, look at Jesus. Hmm? See, the Bible, the Bible it, it makes sense. You read it differently after you have some history with Jesus. So, in the morning, I was driving a plate. Huh? In the afternoon... I was driving a 1987 Honda Civic. My brother, that afternoon I pulled up to a very real, tangible red light. I have never been so happy at a red light in my life. Don't mess with me now, I'm coming for heads now. Yeah? But that's history, that's my history. I know him like that, amen? I could go on, but, but I mean, even this church is a miracle. We, we started in a home. This is ridiculous. We should not be here. We started just yesterday. We were meeting in Ton and Tigger's home. Now we have this. And what we were speaking, we were not speaking about having a great church. We were speaking about having a great nation. We were speaking about redeeming nations. Amen? Things, things, things are, are, are happening. I could go on and on. But see, when you have some history with Jesus, it changes how you engage with your present. Because the God who's 
visited you yesterday has not left you today. And even if he does not seem like he's responding, or even if it does not seem like he's there, that same God who brought you this far, he will see you through. Hallelujah. Mary's history developed this thing that was more than faith. She developed a trust and a confidence so that when he said, it's not my time, she told everybody, get ready, get ready, get ready. Hallelujah. And may the Lord, see, for, for Mary, her history became the word of the Lord for her. And I want to tell you today that your history is the word of the Lord for you. He did not bring you this far to drop you. He doesn't make mistakes. Uh, he is faithful. He is consistent. So don't drop your faith. In fact, pull your files and say, God, you have brought me this far. And I praise you because you who brought me this far, you are still with me. And you know, therefore, I start getting ready. So I start packing my suitcase. Are you following what I'm saying? Because our God is faithful. Because our God never fails. And he has nothing but blessing in store for his children. By the way, flood is coming. Flood is coming. Flood is coming. Hallelujah. I said flood is coming. We're going to finish this building with flood. Praise the Lord. We were believing God one day, once upon a time for a car. Now we're believing God for a nation. And if you ask, what's the strategy? Africa is so complicated. I mean, even I remember we attended a meeting at the AU with some of the leaders. And even the leaders of Africa themselves were do you know what it means when we are dealing with Africa? <laughs> do you have any idea of the level of complication that we are dealing with? And so, you know, when you hear that, it's a bit discouraging, you know? Because we want to see the, the potential of this continent rise. The vision, in case you forgot, is that the hands of begging will turn to hands of blessing. Amen? We've been known as a begging continent for so long. The day will come where not only our hands will be full, full but our hands will be blessing. Blessing to even other nations. Amen? What strategy? What plan? What politician? What polit There is no such thing. What I'm doing is I'm going back to my files. And I see how I drove a plate and then I drove a car. Hmm? Are you following what I'm saying? So I, I, I'm not getting into a political argument with anybody now. I'm not getting into a tribal or ethnic problem with anybody now. I'm just expecting a phone call. Because my car came by way of a phone call. If God can do it with a, if God can do the impossible, I am believing God for the impossible. See, what God has been doing with you your whole life is building history with you. Building history with you. Because that history builds trust. That's what David says. Wasn't it the thing that David said when he came to Goliath? He said, God was with me when I was tending my father's sheep. And when the bear came, I killed the bear. And when the lion came, I built the lion. I have some history with God. Therefore, the God who helped me with the lion and the bear, today, this challenge will be just like that challenge. Goliath is bigger than a lion and a bear. But my history gives me trust that this giant that is standing before me now, these, this, uh, the, his fate will be the same as that of the lion and the bear. God has always been building history with us. Amen. It's not for then, it's for now. And God's word to somebody today, hallelujah, is that I know, I'm here. You can trust me because I am faithful. Even if it seems 
like I haven't said or given approval or things are not going the way you thought they should go. I'm still here. Hallelujah. And I'm faithful. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you have some history with God, not for me or not for the... If you have some history with God and you're facing a challenge today, I want you just, just... You don't have to get up or run around. I mean, I can, you can if you want. But just give God a personal praise for your personal history right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you know what He's done for you. If you know how He's brought you through. If you know that it was difficult and He brought me out. Just tell him right now that I know you are with me. I know. Let's just do what Mary did and start to pack your bags. Get ready, get ready. Get ready. I know it looks dark, but get ready in the midst of the darkness. Get ready in the midst of the pain. Hallelujah. Get ready because God has some history here. God has brought me a long way. Hallelujah. I know that the lion and the bear was only a setup for what I'm facing right now. Hallelujah, Father God. Hallelujah, Father God. Woo, hallelujah. Start packing. Start preparing. Even though it's dark. Even though it's difficult. Hallelujah. Mary had some history. Hallelujah. That history was the word of the Lord for her. Hallelujah. And today your history is the word of the Lord for you. He will bring you through. He is faithful. Hallelujah. He has never failed. It's impossible for him to fail. Let every man be a liar. Let God be true. You have some history. That history is all you need. It's the weapon that you use to face what's standing in front of you today. Don't forget where you've come from. Don't forget what he's done for you. That God who pulled you out, he's still here today. Start packing your bags. Start preparing. Start, go home and check your email. Don't open it now when you get home. Go check your account. Go do whatever you need to do. Make that call. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It may look foolish, but that's the point. It was foolish before and he came through. Hallelujah. I feel an anointing in the room now. I think what we're doing is we're building trust and God is hearing, I love you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think God is hearing, I love you. Look how far we've come. I could speak corporately as a church, and we do have a testimony as a church. But, but make it personal. Because love is, is a personal thing. Hallelujah. Today I want to tell you about, of all the files that we have, all of the history we have in our files. Today we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. I would like to suggest to you today that of all the files and the history you have with God, today when we take the Lord's Supper, we are taking the biggest file of all in our history. What Jesus has done for us by laying down His life, by hanging on the cross, it trumps every other story that we have. It's important that no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, we always thank God for Jesus. Because Jesus is our biggest file in our history. Jesus has changed our story. Jesus has made us righteous. You know, the problem with the children of Israel is that the Bible says in Romans 10 that they, they were zealous, but their zeal was not based on knowledge. 
because they tried to establish their own righteousness instead of submitting to the righteousness of God. Um, what we have in Christ Jesus is we have a righteousness apart from the law, a righteousness that, that, that makes us holy in His sight. Um, as much as I thank God for the car that He blessed me with, I thank God that He made me righteous when the blood of Jesus was shed. That's, my, that's where my history with Jesus begins. Amen? All right, let's I just read one scripture and then we're going to pray. But I, I want us to really get this because as we... May, may this, today's uh, communion that we take together, may it more, be more than just a communion, may, be an, may it be an answer. In Hebrews chapter 7 and verse number 25, it's speaking of Jesus here and it says... Therefore, he, Jesus, is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sons and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all, when he offered himself. Ooh, hallelujah. It says that he offered himself. He offered himself. This is my history, but today it's also your history. If you look at the scripture, it, it says that Jesus is our high priest. The high priest, especially when it uses this language in the Old Testament, the high priest he was a representation or representative of the people. He worked like a power of eternity or as a, a, a representative on behalf of, of the people. Meaning that if the high priest, uh, I, I did this earlier, Jesse, come please. Let me use you as a, an example. Also because we're different colors, it works very good. Now, let's say, Jesse, I need him to do some business for me. So I send Jesse, my, my business is with Sally. So I send Jesse to Sally on my behalf as my power of attorney, as my representative in Amarinya Wakil. So go ahead and do that business for me. Now, if, if Jesse goes, okay, but he messes up the, the deal and he just completely abuses Sally, everything, it's not Sally's name, it's not Jesse's name that's getting in trouble now. It's my name because I sent him as my representative. Okay? So as long as he carries my name, everything he does is a full representation of me in abstention. Right? So I am holy, but Jesse went and sinned and was rejected by Sally. That means now, even though I've done nothing wrong, I am now counted a sinner because my representative messed up on my behalf. Right? In the same way, if I send Jesse as my representative and I am a sinner, but he does the right, righteous business with Sally, when Sally thinks of me, he doesn't think of the sinner that I am. He receives me based on my representative who is holy. So Jesse's acceptance means my acceptance. Jesse's holiness means my, I have now become holy, even though I'm a sinner. Are you following what I'm saying? It's power of eternity. It's principle of representation. This is how God operates with a high priest. And the good news is that this is how Jesus operates with you and me.
Which means that because Jesus was both high priest and sacrifice, the Father accepted his blood once and for all, his sacrifice. Which means that when I come to Jesus, I am not just getting to heaven someday, I am receiving an impartation of his righteousness right now. The Israel, children of Israel made the mistake they were trying to attain righteousness, establish a righteousness for themselves, which is impossible. We, as redeemed people, we have chosen to accept Jesus. Not that we didn't ever miss a service. Not that we went to every prayer meeting. Not that we were the first one to come and the last one to leave. In our sinful state, we believed and his righteousness was imputed to us. Credited to my account. Okay? Now, I want, I want you to look at something here. I found this. Jesse, thank you. Let's clap for Jesse. Now, look what it says here in verse, in verse number 26. Such a high priest, speaking of Jesus, meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. That's what, who is he talking about here? It's our high priest, Jesus, right? And what is Jesus? Look what it says, how it describes him. He is holy. Jesus is holy. Jesus is blameless. Jesus is pure. Jesus is set apart from sinners. And he's exalted above the heavens. Speaking of who? Now, just flip over here. Look at this in Colossians chapter 1. This is one of my favorite verses. And verse 21 and 22. Now, this is not speaking of Jesus. This is speaking of us. Amen? Verse 21, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now, everybody said now, say now. now. He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Holy and blameless in his sight. The, without blemish and free from accusation. The other translation says, holy and blameless in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Amen? Now, this is not referring to our high priest now. Okay? It's referring to me. That's the power of our representation before the Father. You see what I'm saying? So there's no such thing as I was good enough. Uh, there was only such a thing as that I believed and it was imparted to me. So no matter what kind of history we have with Jesus, it all begins with this right here. Hallelujah. When we take the, the, the elements today, I want us to take it in the same spirit that Mary came to Jesus with that day. They've run out of wine. I have a problem with my children. I have a problem at my work. I've run out of wine in my, in my life problems, situations, debt, business, whatever, whatever your challenge is, go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I've run out of wine. And then once you let him know, as we take the elements today, let this be representation of us, whatever it is that we're doing to get ready. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Prepare because he knows about it now. Amen. It's come to his attention now. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And may the righteousness of God that brought us this far, may it knock out every debt challenge, every sickness, every disease, every, every, every depression. Hallelujah. May it meet its match today in the finished work of Christ. Amen.